Defenders podcast, the number one fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm not Matt. I'm not Mel. I'm Robin. Woo! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Mel are not here today, unfortunately. We're two defenders down. There were some kind of shenanigans going on in Canada, so I sent them out uh, with Alpha Flight. They're the Canadian ones, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, to uh, go and uh, take care of it. So that's where Matt and Mel are. However. We have two awesome guests this week to make up for them. See, Matt and Will, we don't need you. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Like they're listening Uh, to us. (laughs) (laughs) They're listening now crying. Because somehow they can listen to this live. Um, So our first guest, uh, I'm very excited to have. I'm going to big him up. I know he's going to get very embarrassed by this. But um, our first guest is, uh, well, you really need to tell us who you are, because you are a, as I called you earlier, a Daredevil fandom celebrity. Um, and it's Kojit Mithra from themanwithoutfear.com. I hope I said your name right. <laughs> Kojit Mithra, yes, that's fine. Kojit Mithra, Close enough. Awesome. <laughs> T- tell us about the account, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to see, have you on here, because I have been a uh, loyal follower of your website for many years, um, and we've kind of chatted about things sort of back and forth via email for sort of a while and via twitter as well so it's nice to actually chat to you um but tell us about your website because it is like the best website on the internet i'll just say it now oh boy (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that but okay uh yeah basically uh just started the website when i was in university uh about 19 and a half years ago now uh just uh just basically learning this uh, new internet thing. Just uh, decided I needed to learn this HTML. That you know, <laughs> this basic HTML, not like how it is now, but yeah. just I just decided I needed to learn it, and I figured I'll just uh, make a website about something that I like, and there you go. And it just grew from there. I just started. Uh, I, I guess at that at that point in time, there wasn't very many people really in fandom for comics it was there was a there were a lot of people on the news groups there were a lot of people you know making that you know that push to do websites and things like that so i guess i got in at that right time so if it wasn't me at that time it was going to be somebody else so i just saw that there were a lot of people really enjoying all the updates i was doing like when the new issues were coming out just discussing whatever and it just went from there so it wasn't like i said one day i'm gonna make a daredevil website and i'm gonna do all this stuff and do all these things and it just came out of that and i've been pretty lucky uh, I, I i really appreciate all the uh, you know the things you're saying but you know i'm a i'm a canadian i'm gonna be my mr humble <laughs> self i'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not going to say all these things. That, yes, I, I deserve all these things you're saying to me, but I appreciate it. <laughs> you just need to own it. You just need to say, yeah, I'm awesome and so is my website. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, 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 <laughs> well, we haven't actually said what the website is yet, have we? <laughs> it's manwithoutfear.com. Yes. 
And it is awesome. If anyone wants to know more about Daredevil, um, I've kind of said on a, you know, a few of our sort of previous episodes that really good starting points are uh, your website, manwithatfear.com, which is just has all the information on Daredevil you could possibly ever want um, and is updated, you know, really regularly. And also um, Christine, right. Robin, ding. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Christine's um, blog, uh, The Other Murdoch Papers, which is really good for kind of uh, analysing everything from the latest issue of Daredevil to Matt Murdoch's hair, uh, yep. which <laughs> does need yeah, I don't know how she does it. I, I don't have time um, to analyze anything like that. Just um, update but, the site. Yeah, I don't have time to do the blog. You're always updating does. Twitter as well. Like, there's, you've yeah. always got updates on Twitter. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, and we have another guest as well. Uh, people may have heard her before talking on this uh, this podcast and burping on this podcast. Yes, uh. it's Vicky. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Now, are you on the soda or the tea today? Will there be burping? No, I don't have the cu- um, my fizzy pops downstairs, so you're safe. It's fine. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, well, if you if you want to later, then you know, just go ahead. It's you know, it's it's part of you coming on the podcast now, so it's all good. Yeah, I can't guarantee that one won't sneak out. <laughs> okay, so you know, <laughs> an opportune moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'll go into some news, and Koji, you might you might be able to remind me of any other news that I've missed out from this week. Um, but I think the main sort of bits and pieces that have been floating around are that there have been auditions for Electra for season two of Daredevil. So it's kind of a spoiler. Electra's not going to appear in this season, guys. What? Um, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Or is she? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the elaborate ruse you're doing. Um, but apparently, I know, um, apparently there have been audition videos, but I think they've been taken down now. Um, but I know that one of the people that I heard had auditioned for the role was, um, I can't remember the actress's name, but she played Gazelle in Kingsman, The Secret Service. Okay, blade-legged woman. Uh, that would be cool. I can't yeah, remember I haven't seen that movie yeah. yet. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I think they were looking at people who were sort of uh, obviously very physical and had a background in dance, which would make sense for the character. Um, and then Butella, is it? I think so, yeah. Okay. But I know she definitely auditioned for it, but who knows. And then the other news is there's been so much news this week about Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason Statham. <laughs> Uh, so I think the, oh. at the start of the week, it was that Jason Statham was rumoured to be playing Bullseye. Now, let me let me know if I get this in the right order, Koji, because you will know as well. So he was rumoured to be playing Bullseye. Approved. And then he... And he's been rumoured for sort of years, because at one point he was begging to play Daredevil, um, which oh, no, I was no, like, no, no. No, <laughs> no Jason Statham. I'm um, the man with a no. imagine if they had to put like a little red wig on him (laughs) 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 maybe chuck on my tea (laughs) Um, so there was rumours about him and then I believe the next news was that he had done a interview in which he said that the fight sequences in Marvel films were like anyone could do them and they were rubbish or something like this. Whoa. <laughs> I was oh, thinking, okay. Statham, what are you doing? Like, if you really want a role, then that's not the kind of right thing to do. And also, 
I, I did kind of get a bit pissed off when I read that because I was like, you know, whatever you, whatever you think of them in the Marvel movies or in the TV, there's a lot of people who work really hard on those stunt scenes. Um, you know, in the case of Daredevil, like Chris Brewster and Philip Silvera and his team and everyone. And it's kind of, you're being a bit of an arsehole saying that, you know, anyone could do them. Uh, and then I the couldn't. news after that, <laughs> I definitely could. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I go to the gym and I, I can barely do like a, a cartwheel. No, I can't even do a cartwheel. I can barely do a roly-poly. Um, and then I think the news yesterday or Friday was that that he's now, it's been confirmed that he's definitely not going to be bullseye. Aww. But it seems to be a bit unclear as to, like, I've heard some things that said that he would have been bullseye, but because the news broke, he's now not going to be bullseye. But I don't know. Like, Koji, have you heard anything else about that? You know, I was hearing something that his just uh, his agents or something maybe were trying to demand more money just because of the the leak of the you know the news he was in talks to play Bullseye. So maybe something happened with that. I just saw that report on Comic Book Resources that just said there's no truth to this at all. So who knows if he was really in the running or not? I don't I don't know. Mm. It's, it's very strange. Yeah, it's. I mean, there was there was a lot of positive feedback of people when they heard that he might be bullseye. So maybe because of that feedback, then his agent was like, "Hey, you know, everyone seems to like this. Give us more money." And that's when right. Marvel went, "No," but I I don't know. Someone mentioned, um, I think on Facebook when I was discussing this with them, that they would really like um, Finn Wittrock to play Bullseye, who is Dandy in the last season of American Horror Story. And at that, I kind of went, I would quite like to see him, but Bullseye's not one of those people that I'm like, oh, it has to definitely be this actor, you know? So it'd be interesting to see. I just hope they, they get someone who's, there's a bit more character depth to the character than, than Colin Farrell brought to the movie, even though I love him. But he was a fun to watch. Oh, the, the, if, you, if they want to have him make rattlesnake noises or whatever when he <laughs> switches his coat, I'd be happy because I love that too much. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much the news I've seen for this week. Uh, let's get on to this week's episode. So this week we're covering Speak of the Devil. This episode was written by Christos Gage and Ruth Fletcher Gage, who will be we will be chatting to later today. It's very exciting. Um, and it was directed by Nelson McCormick. So let's get into the episode. Um, so immediately, first shot, Ninja Fight, which I've written in my notes with three exclamation marks. Um, Only three. <laughs> Only three for the moment. You'll get more later. Uh, but I've oh, just God. made okay. note that, you know, we start with a ninja fight. Matt is holding uh, some billy clubs. The ninja is dressed in red. Everywhere across the world, Daredevil fans watching this episode are rejoicing and dancing up and down because, you know, this is very Daredevil. What did you think, Robin, as the Daredevil uh, fan who's a newbie? <clears throat> well, I was like, awesome fight. Then I was like, did I, did I miss an episode? <laughs> <laughs> Very paranoid about that all the time because of Netflix, but um, um, yeah, I was I was super psyched. I mean, are those? I mean, are those billy clubs really? I thought those were just kind of like sticks. I, well, they're not really billy clubs, but they're kind of. He's holding the two clubs, so it's it's quite dead, as we know, holding the two clubs. But they're the ones from uh, the stick episode, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and also it's just you know it's it's tough seeing Matt being just he's being like sliced up left and right in this situation, and then uh, I was I was very worried for him. 
yeah, this is brutal. Yeah. Uh, like, I don't know what the little weapon's called that Nobu uses. Someone did tell me, and I've completely forgotten. But it's like, oh, that's, <laughs> that is, that does not look good. The way he's just slicing, like, and, and Matt's getting all the cuts all over him. It's like, uh, I was waiting for him to say, get over here. <laughs> well, he kind of, like, at one point, kind of gets yeah. him like a fish almost, you yeah. know, in the guts and just reels him in. <sighs> um, Vicky and Koji, what did you guys think of this? Like, were you excited to see ninjas? Always. Who doesn't want <laughs> a ninja? <laughs> I mean, you know. No, it was it was really cool. I really love, like, the fight scenes in the show because they're really, like, gritty and and they, they do display Charlie. Cox's bum quite well, I feel. <laughs> so, so it's always it's always a pleasure. Christine, can we get a blog post about that too? Uh, <laughs> so, whenever, I, whenever Vicky comes on, we need like a, to time how long it takes her to, to get to mention Charlie Cox's bum. <laughs> it's it's a national treasure. <laughs> but, uh, it was it was it was brutal. This one was really brutal. Yeah, I was I was I was worried for our boy. It was, yeah, yeah, it was bad. There was, like, blood everywhere, and, yeah, it was like, oh, no, Matt. <laughs> 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 Matt, no. Give Matt, yes. <laughs> um, I, guess, I guess it's after, like, there wasn't much action, obviously, in last week's episode, which was the, the Wilson Fisk episode. So I think it, they're kind of definitely making up for it. It's almost as though to say, don't worry, guys, there will be more action. Here you go. Oh my, oh they my just God, kind of I, assault you with it. I love the previous episode. I have to say, like right now, Fisk is my favourite thing about this whole show. I love him. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. Cool. yeah. Go Fisk. <laughs> Team Fisk. <laughs> Team Fisk. Well, as I said on a previous episode, like um, Brad, who's watching it as well, his favourite thing about the entire show is Fisk on awkward dates <laughs> with Vanessa. Oh, it's that's his favourite. So thing. Like, I get I get like secondhand embarrassment for him. <laughs> it's like oh no, I always can't watch. Painful, and then you kind of feel sorry for him, which he shouldn't really. But no, well, not after last episode. Well, yeah, you can, but yeah, it's yeah. scary in the last episode. Um, so, did you guys guess in this scene that that was Nobu? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I kind right of, away. I kind of yeah. inkling. Yeah. I think I read that, um, or I read, or I heard on uh, an interview with Christos and Ruth that it was originally going to be uh, someone else. I think it was uh, actually going to be a character who I won't name now, but in Foggy. the Easter egg section, maybe. Well, yeah, it was going to be Foggy. <laughs> and Matt was going to be like, what? But they decided it would be more sort of streamlined and it makes more sense to have it be noble, obviously. Um, mm. So then we get the, the awesome credits, which I love. Um, and the, the first scene after that is Matt sitting on the bench outside the church speaking to Father Latrium and they get, go inside and get a latte and talk about Satan and Rwanda as How you come do the church has like a, a coffee machine like that like what the hell what you never anyone, got a anyone latrum else latte that? before <laughs> like latrum latte what, trum does that do you think he blesses the coffee machine yes. it's made with holy water <laughs> yeah <laughs> If you were to throw that latte at a vampire, it would kill them. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I was just like watching that bit. I was like, oh, they're in a coffee shop. Wait, no, they're in the church. Well, it's not like in the it's main bit of the see, church. No, it's like Sunday donations. <laughs> That's where the Sunday donations go to. They probably have like a, so, like, a tray of biscuits somewhere as well. Oh, biscuits. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's not like they've got a whole Starbucks in there. It's just a little coffee machine. Well, I don't know. Some... It's, it's America. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that, a, is that a slam on my country already? <laughs> no. Right. But, yeah. but you have got Starbucks, like, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so do we. I mean, you know, in my town, it's like, I think we have four. Which is why I never believed in Buffy when they said Sunnydale was a one Starbucks town. I was like, no, Sunnydale has like 12 castles in it. They've definitely got more than one Starbucks. (laughs) (laughs) Some castles that disappear. Um, I I did like that, uh, uh, you know, Matt's like, "Uh, I'm I'm good with that confession, but how about that latte? And then when they're drinking the latte, uh, uh, Latrum's like, uh, you know, you're still, we're still good for confession here. Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Bring it on. But, uh, I really love the actor that plays him. I think yeah. he's... And I think as well, I think Christos and yeah. Ruth mentioned in an interview that he only got the script for this episode, like, the night before they were, they, they filmed it. Seriously? And he's got, wow. like, this massive monologue, you know, to... to yeah, because yeah. Marvel is so... Got, like, that whole they, story um, that he tells. Yeah, and it's... I mean, it, I think I think they said something like Marvel send out the scripts and then you have to go onto a certain website and put in a coat, you know, to download because they're so secretive. And um, he was away or something, so only managed to get it the night before. It was something like that. But oh, he, him, huh? I, I love him in this episode. And this mm-hmm. speech he does is, um, I just think it's fantastic. And you can really, this whole episode is about Matt, you know, obviously wrestling with what he's going to, what he feels like he has to do. And I love that they do build it because every time they think they've got a lead, like him, Foggy and Karen and Ben, every time they think they've got a lead as to a way to get Fisk, you know, through the law, it's just a dead end. And it Mm. just really feels like they're putting him in no choice but to do this. Um, I think it's very well done. But it's also like, I love how they just explore how, you know, is that the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and how, I mean, is he doing it for himself or is he doing it for, you know, Hell's Kitchen? Um, yeah, I, I, I really, I really dug this. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that, you know, it's almost like Fisk is taking on that, that uh, kind of like devil slash antichrist role where he's gaining popularity and people are, uh, you know, uh, liking him or whatever I'm, uh, in, in the pop the, in the media, um, taking paying attention to him. But meanwhile, he's uh, doing terrible evil, and you know, Matt and Foggy and Karen are like the only ones that really you know are fighting against this. Mm-hmm. So, and the Rwanda story was I don't know. I think they probably sent this father, uh, the guy who plays the father, like a, the, a script and a copy of Hotel Rwanda. <laughs> I just was immediately flashing back at how like hor- horrific some of that stuff was. Yeah, I imagine he was sort of there, after, like just after the genocide, so probably like late nineties or something. Yeah. You know, it's um, yeah, it's. Oh, I just think this actor is awesome. I would love to to chat with him. If you're listening, I would love to chat with you. Please come on the podcast. <laughs> um, and so much in- like uh, it's like yes, Virginia. There's a Santa Claus. This this episode is yes, Matthew. There is a devil, <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Mephisto. <laughs> you will be making please, a choice at the end of the season. Please, can we not get Mephisto in the show? <laughs> can Jason stay with them? Please play Mephisto. No. <laughs> Hello, it's me. Who need to make a deal with me? Watch, Creetle. Maybe I'll just, like, <laughs> jump up in the air and kick you with both my feet. 
Oh, the campaign for Jason Statham to play Mephisto starts now. <laughs> oh, there you go, Colgy. That can go on the website. Start the rumor. Start the rumor. <laughs> no. Right, do it, do it, do it. We'll just get Wes Bentley back as Blackheart from Ghost Rider as well. Why not? Sure. Oh. Now I have pain in my soul. <laughs> uh, you have so the next- no soul. Uh, no, I, I sold it long ago. Too many yeah. though. I've brought it from. <laughs> <laughs> I sold, sold it to Marvel. Sold is actually past tense for selling your soul. It's a grammar <laughs> lesson here on the Defenders podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Anyway, in the Thanks next scene, <laughs> Karen, Claire, Foggy, no. ben, <laughs> Karen, Foggy, and Ben are in the office, and uh, Nelson and Murdoch, and they're discussing Fisk's public appearance. Um, Matt enters, and we get the first um, meeting of Matt and Ben, as when he's Matt Murdoch. Obviously, they met in the other episode when he was in costume. They discuss the man in the mask. We find out a few things, like Hoffman has vanished. Uh, Matt does a little smirk when Karen says that he's awesome, which I liked. Uh, yes, <laughs> which was great. What did you What did you guys think? There's a few great quotes in this scene, which I love. Don't steal. Don't steal. <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I, we got some information about Wilson Fisk, and of course, who knows if it's something that's filtered um, through his uh, public profile has been sold to the media. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that Wilson's mother died a year after uh, Wilson's father died. So after mm-hmm. she uh, helped cover up the murders, and all of a sudden she died too. Yeah. So, so I wonder what happened to little yeah. Wilson Fisk because he was yeah. still, you know, he was twelve then, so he would have been thirteen when his Did mom he have died. Another temper tantrum. Oh, so you think that he murdered his mum as well? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. She's he in an unmarked uh, grave in. Uh... <laughs> 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 Maybe we'll find out what, uh, what, how she died in a future episode. <laughs> or not. Wink. Jason Statham needs to leave this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is not Statham cast. Oh, Jason it. Statham is Wilson Fisk's <laughs> mother. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how Fisk is bald because he inherited the baldness from Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, so I'm going to continue this talk on my new podcast called The State of Statham uh, coming the up State uh, of this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would definitely be on that podcast yes. about the Christmas and the Expendables, wouldn't you, Vicky? Oh, 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 my boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I did love that no matter, like, obviously the situation is really serious at this point because they're talking about how to take Fisk down and Matt's kind of at a, a, a low, you know, after the last episode and after his talk with the father. But he still cannot suppress his his smirkiness when Karen is saying how awesome the mask is. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> well, you would, like, yeah, you would, though, if you were, like, running around as like a mass vigilante and someone said you were awesome you would be a bit smirky wouldn't you i would what do you mean what do you mean if i was running around as a mass vigilante well i was trying i was trying to you know <laughs> not blow your cover <laughs> thanks thanks mate um and we also you just I think did it yourself <laughs> <laughs> or did i oh. 
I think this is the first time as well, (laughs) Claire, yes, we get uh, the mention of Wesley's first name. So Wesley is not his first name. His his name is James Wesley, which is kind of interesting. Mm. So it's not Wesley Owen Welch, Robin. I'm sorry. Damn it. (laughs) I know you're disappointed. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So speaking of Wesley, he and Fisk are meeting in the warehouse uh, this is when we get introduced to the character of Francis, played by Tommy Walker, who, if you're not following him on Twitter, you need to, because he's awesome. And uh, in his first scene, Nobu breaks his hand, pretty much, so it's a good entry <laughs> to him. Um, and Nobu obviously enters and is very angry at Fisk, and uh, Fisk says to for Nobu to get a specialist from his organisation to kill Matt. Yeah, what, why does Nobu want that block? Why is he all obsessed about this block? Well, I... I don't know. Oh, sorry, go on, Cool Jib. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I was thinking maybe they're trying to tie in that uh, Shadowland, maybe some kind of block that the hand can, mm. you know, keep control in New York. And but who knows if they they would even go that route in this show, you know? Because that's saying, like outside forces or whatever. Yeah, is, yeah. they really want that specific block. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that was like, a bit weird. I don't think they said the reason i think the shadowland thing would be good because a lot of a lot of fans have wanted which is sorry for everyone i know moira and and mel are sitting at home going what is shadowland um (laughs) which is a a storyline um from the (laughs) comics um where do you want to try and explain the madness that is Shadowland? Oh, <laughs> I'm trying to explain it. it. I'm like, uh. it's it's probably best that they don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> it, Basically, it, it, Matt becomes the leader of the Hand, ooh. but you don't need to know that. I don't think they'll they'll go this route in the show because that's like the that's a big departure from the tone they're going. So yeah. I'm just wondering what what they really had to you know, have that block for, but does anybody know how to read that uh, Japanese that's on the uh, the blueprints there? I think it's kanji for uh, Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we should start our Starbucks empire. Yes. Well, um, I do know, that I'm, I think I mentioned it when we covered the first episode, that in that last montage, and you see Nobu and, like, his, his associates, and they have a map of... of Hell's Kitchen that they put over another map that's overlaying another map and I said it looked kind of like a temple so I wonder if it's that, that there is something like you were saying that's under the city um, that maybe is this kind of ancient thing or it's this particular thing that, that Nobu um, and the hand, let's just say, we, we're pretty sure Nobu is part of the hand which is right. um, the kind of ninja antagonists to the the um the group that stick is a part of um but maybe it is this bit that he specifically wants and it's um the bit he really wants is under that specific block um well since this we is shall have city, to ask christos and ruth later i'm gonna propose to them that maybe they were implying gozar the gozarian actually lives underneath that block and <laughs> Gozerian doesn't live underground. That's uh, isn't that Vigo? Vigo the Carpathian? Uh, I don't know. Yes. Doesn't Goza yeah. live on top of the big building? Yeah, Goza lives on top of the uh, on top of the uh, well in Sigourney Weaver's fridge. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's Vigo that is like under the in with the pink goo. Yeah, the pink uh, higher and higher uh, Jackie Wilson goo. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that film in so long. <laughs> 
Oh, I need to watch that film again. Oh my god. Do any of you like read uh, the Fraction Adger Hawkeye run in the comics? I do. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did, was anyone else thinking like with the with the apartment blocks and everything? I was just waiting for Clint to come shuffling out in pajamas, going, "Hey guys, what are you doing in my block?" <laughs> anyone? <laughs> that would just would be so funny. Yes. <laughs> Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still Clint Barton from the block. <laughs> exactly. I was kind of expecting like like thugs in tracksuits with baseball bats to turn yes. up, going, yeah. "Bro, bro, bro, bro." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. I really, really, really want at some point interaction between Clint Barton and Matt Murdock, and I don't think it will happen. But I would love to see that just because I love their friendship. I want, I want that scene from the issue where Clint's doing a barbecue on the roof and Matt just drops by. Really? But obviously, they need they need to be friends already in the you know established. And I, I would, I just want to see them interact because I just love I just, them. I just, I just want Clint in everything. Well, just yep. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Civil War next year. <laughs> Don't. We can't. Uh, so, <laughs> your heart is breaking already. Just thinking about it's, Civil uh, War. Uh, it really is. I can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Let's not talk about it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Too much. So, in the next scene, Matt is in the office and Foggy and Karen are arguing about Fisk. Um, Foggy did some back channeling with Marcy. Um, uh, and Mrs. Cardane. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Yeah. Cardena's terms are uh, Fisk has doubled his offer um, so Matt decides to go and see Vanessa Mariano Hey, what's up with Karen in this episode? First off, she gets all like irritated about Marcy and then after after Matt meets up with uh, Vanessa, she's just like oh, you were with her? How did that go? Like, all jealous I, I don't know if I was reading it wrong but it, it, both times like another girl's name was mentioned she was like I don't want to hear about it. Because <laughs> she wants her cake and eat it. She wants them both secretly. Mm, yeah. Well, she want, yeah. definitely wants Matt. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, I think. Wouldn't. But maybe with, with Foggy, um, she she just doesn't like Marcy. You know, she um, has made that quite clear. And also the fact that Foggy was kind of like really dismissive as, of Marcy as well. And now he's kind of gone back on that. And is, <laughs> you know, she's probably a bit like, ugh. Yeah. Disappointed. <laughs> But you can't blame him because Karen did lead him on a bit. Well, and I think a lot of it is because, like, he gives her so much attention because he clearly likes her that when his attention is on another lady, he, she's like, oi. Yeah. It was me you liked. <laughs> Jealous. <laughs> I it was me. Mm. Uh, so the next scene is probably one of my favourites in this episode, which is Matt visiting Scene Contempo Gallery. Vanessa yes. and Matt kind of a bit and oh, such a good scene oh i love it so much and then obviously we get him and wilson fisk meeting and matt's old crap face when he realizes that this <laughs> is entering the gallery yeah i i love vanessa i love her i, I really like she's her character. one of my favorite characters i oh she's so good yeah i just totally even in this team, scene which team vanessa no team fisk I even this could have been a very easy scene because it could have been just you know a couple of lines of them chatting and then Fisk enters but I love that I love the interaction between her and Matt and I really wish it was longer um yeah it didn't seem like it was long enough it could have gone on for a good more couple of minutes I reckon 
easy so there's good. so much to cover in this episode obviously you know because there there is a lot in this and mm. so i don't know if they could have made it any longer and they obviously wouldn't want to scrimp on the when he is chatting to 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 wilson when he enters mm. and also the sort of father the father scene earlier and you know some of the other scenes but oh, i just love the interaction between matt and vanessa i just think it's great the fact that matt is so charming and flirty and will flirt with her but he's also a bit like uh yeah you know like when she's doing this whole thing about oh you can appreciate art without sight and he's like yeah sight helps you know type thing oh <laughs> uh, i just think it's great i i love it uh so what did yeah, you guys a... think though about um, when well about that and also when Fisk finally entered? Oh, I, my when when Fisk when she's well I don't want to say the quote because I'll probably use it but uh, she when she mentions you know she talked to him and uh, all of a, my notes are pretty much just like what because <laughs> <laughs> it's you're like you're like wow he's got this place really well guarded you know for an art gallery yeah and then you know maybe there's a reason why there are so many guards there is because he's there too oh, oh because he actually... loves Vanessa. Yeah. yeah. Well, he said safe. that the safest place is by his side. He said to her, mm. didn't he? And um, this is after like he's gone public, isn't it? So, and yeah. she was standing with him outside City Hall. So maybe that's just like his way of protecting her mm. from from being a target. I meant to ask you, Koji, how many times have you watched the 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 series as a whole? You know what? I've I saw the whole thing the first day. Because I took yep. a day off. I took a day off work. <laughs> and I, I did it because you know I had to. And you did the sensible thing. I watched it overnight. <laughs> I should have taken a day off as well. Yeah, like I, I got some sleep and I just watched it like right in the morning. I dropped my kids at school and I just watched the whole thing straight. But since then, I haven't really watched it completely in a row. Like what I've been doing is just, you know, okay, I like that scene from episode two or whatever. Let me just watch that again. Or like, so I haven't really watched it all again. So mm-hmm. all these things you guys are reminding me of. So that's why I'm not really joining in because I'm trying oh, to, no, oh yeah, that, that happened. And oh yeah, that happened too. <laughs> so that way you guys have notes and things. So I haven't done any like watching like that in a long time, but yeah, like this whole scene with, uh, with uh, Matt and Fisk, I just remember just going, oh my God, <laughs> what is he going to do here? And just that, that face that he makes is just like all the all the blood comes right out of his face. He's just so terrified. Like, what is he supposed to do in this situation? I just, mm-hmm. that that's the main part of this episode that I just remember so much. Just that whole scene in this art gallery is just so well written and so well done. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was really good. And I like the fact as well that obviously Matt is a is a lawyer, so he's he's good at kind of, you know, professionally anyway. He's good at masking what he's you know like masking his feelings and everything like that. And he's a he's a great liar, you know, because obviously as well, not only professionally, you know, has to keep information in, but obviously he's lying to everyone about the fact that he is this guy running around in a mask. But in this scene, he absolutely cannot hide his disdain for Fisk. He, you know, he, he just can't do it. He, you can see it on his face. He looks like he's almost like he feels sick. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. I just think it's it's brilliant. He just is completely unable to hide it. And um, Fisk is like quite, seems quite suspicious of him as well at the end of the scene. So do you think he's sort of put two and two together or do you think he just is kind of like, well, that's a bit weird that this guy that, you know, I'm in a, a case with has shown up at a gallery, this guy who's blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. He, I don't think that he put, he's, 
putting two and two together and, and thinking that he's dead or I just think he's yeah. like, oh, this guy clearly doesn't like me, but then that's probably because he's opposing counsel. So mm. I will be polite until he leaves. <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he's like figured it out or anything yeah. yet. I, I, I don't think he's figured out that he's Daredevil, no. But he definitely knew that Matt is snooping around. And he was, he was very, uh, Wilson was very happy to play, uh, you know, the uh, very territorial, like, yeah, what are you doing here? You know? Mm. And, and, you know, put a little scare into him, into this uh, blind lawyer. Mm. Yeah, sure, he's here to pick out some art. Okay. And he just so happens to uh, also be <laughs> opposing counsel. No. This guy, you know, <laughs> Wilson's got this guy figured out. And it's just after he's sort of, you know, Wilson Biscuits has sort of come out publicly, you know, as well. Mm. Yeah. Um, so the next scene, we're back in the church, and uh, Father Latrum, uh, Latrum and Matt are discussing the devil, a.k.a. Fisk. And Matt mentions that um, Fisk has someone he loves, you know, and who loves him, so he would be missed. And it makes it a bit more grey, you know, it's not just that he's a monster, you know, and he's evil. Um, And I I like the fact that the the father mentions that there are multiple interpretations of the text uh, in the Bible. Because even though I I am an outspoken atheist, I like the fact that he mentions that there is room for interpretation in that text i think that's an interesting take on uh, religion because usually it's a lot more kind of black and white in um mm. like portrayals in films and tv and things um but i like oh. this little scene i like that we get this one little scene with them again and you know you don't have to be like a believer to find this kind of like you know mythology or whatever um interesting this is all mm-hmm. very deep and rooted into a lot of people's uh, worlds so um it's cool to see that um uh, a person of the faith would have these different interpretations kind of maybe even dangerous interpretations of uh, something that you know many people believe in and i like um, that he is I'm- like a positive figure as well in matt's life you know he's not just yeah. he actually he seems like he's He's not just this father who's kind of <clears throat> preaching to him. He actually seems like someone who could be a friend. You know, he, he's a confidant already, you know, but it's... Um, I like I like the portrayal of the father. It feels like something we've not seen before in this kind of show. Yeah, he's not like, what you're doing is wrong. He's not doing that. He's saying, why are you, why are you thinking this? What... Mm. What, and what cost will it have on you, on this community, if you go through with it? Mm. Uh, what were you going to say, Vicky? Were you going to say something before? Oh, sorry, that was weird. Like, the signal just dropped out randomly. Oh. <laughs> I just I just <laughs> muted you. I was like, silence! <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what I was going to say was, uh, this episode, um, I mean, obviously, Claire knows more about Daredevil than I do, um, so I get most of my knowledge from her, but I really liked that it really brought the religious aspect of the comics through because they hadn't really seen that yet in the series so that was really nice it was it was kind of like well okay this is a big factor of who matt is mm-hmm. so i love that and yeah, that's I all i have to well. say about i'm <laughs> i'm never <laughs> that keen on when it's it goes oh and uh, when that's a central thing in the comics mm. um and some storylines have made it a central thing i'm never that keen when it, it is a central thing but i like 
that it the series touches on it in this episode. It's like the fact yeah. that we had like episode three earlier was the one that was in court, and I know um, Matt, um, you know, the, on on the podcast said that he would like to see more stuff in court. But I like that it kind of touches on all these things that are a part of this character. Like we have now he's fighting a ninja, you know, which is obviously a part of his which is why I love this character, because there's so many different aspects to it. Um, I like that the yeah. church has kind of been there in the background, but hasn't been a central thing the whole show. Um, yeah, up until, like, this episode. I yeah. Think that's why I like. and, the, and the fact that he was such a kind of chilled out father didn't sort mm. of ram it down your throat which is mm. which is kind of nice he was kind of like oh well you know you could look at it this way or you could look at it that way and here have a latte and i've got some biscuits here somewhere <laughs> i like that i've got some chocolate bourbon somewhere i reckon I think that's what you have. <laughs> and honestly yeah. in, in an ideal world we it, it would be so cool like this first season is great because we're hitting all these different aspects of the daredevil character but unfortunately you know there's just not enough time to focus on one thing or, or another i was mm. really sad that Nobu left this uh, episode so quickly. Um, but, man, in an ideal world, we'd have, like, a season of just, like, uh, something like Born Again, where it's exploring religious aspects of things. And then another season where, we, you know, I don't know, maybe that Shadowland or something close to that, like, where we deal exclusively with stuff that has to do with the hand. And, uh, yeah. It, uh, and we have a whole season of him fighting Stiltman. Yes. Yeah, or just, just superhero antics, just like, you know, Daylight City taking on gigantic, you know, like Dr. Octopus or something like that, you know. <laughs> I know it will never, ever happen in the show because it's not the kind of tone they're going with. Um, but I, and I know, um, I know, Koji, you'll know which issue I'm talking about when I say this. And me and Vicky are big fans of this issue. I, uh, one of the things I would love to see is... Daredevil versus Captain America, which is in the second issue of the Mark Wade run, where Captain America's weapon against Daredevil is a confetti <laughs> cannon. It's one of yeah. my favorite things. It's one of my favorite things, not just oh, yeah. in Daredevil points, but in comics in general. <laughs> Captain America has a glitter, a glitter, a confetti cannon. Why isn't that confetti red, white, and blue? It should be, but oh. you, you can you can oh, bet that so that confetti is glittery. I would love to see that, and I just want to see, see Daredevil running around with Captain America's shield. It would just be. It'd, Make me so happy. Oh, Daredevil wouldn't stand a chance against Rip Taylor either. Rip Taylor. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the uh, baddie of uh, season two. Yes. Been confirmed, Robin. Being played Jason by Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm Got sorry, confetti, I'm yeah? sorry, listeners. <laughs> so in the next scene, uh, Karen and Matt are in the office. Um, they're speaking about the the two guys that uh, that jumped Karen in the previous episode. And I've drawn so many little hearts in my notes for this scene because they have the little sign made for Nelson Yay. Murdoch. And Foggy and Matt are adorable, and they hug, and I've just drawn big hearts all over my page. Um, and I'm also going to say, make a note, make a little mental bookmark, Robin, that uh, Foggy mentions that he drew it on a napkin. Oh, nice. Make a little mental note okay. there. I'm winking, I'm winking at Koji. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> 
Well, you um, know, I mean, we're really setting up this Nelson versus Murdoch thing. At the beginning of the episode, we have Foggy talking about, again, the whole terrorist thing. The mask is a terrorist. And then just to have this, you know, uh, super squee-worthy moment between Foggy and Matt here. Uh, <laughs> all the feels. Um, and then so all of a sudden feels. the discovery at the end of this episode is going to just knock them both for a loop, or at least, you know, Foggy for a loop. It makes Foggy run away crying, so, you know, and then they don't speak at all in the next episode. That's exactly what happens. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Uh, so then Karen gets the phone call um, about Mrs. Cardenas, and the next scene is obviously when they're in the morgue, and it's really sad, because I love Mrs. Cardenas. We're never going to get her to say, call, so cool. call him Senior Foggy again. Senior <laughs> Foggy. Uh, yeah, the woman that Foggy and Karen sent to her death. <laughs> Stand strong, old lady. Oh, any... yeah, I know. Yeah. See, if it had really been Clint's apartment block, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's true. You just want Jeremy Renner to show up at some point, don't you? I just want Clint in everything. <laughs> in, like, Gardens even the have Galaxy, to be just Jeremy hanging Renner. out in the background. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but in, in one of the recent uh, issues of Guardians of the Galaxy, Peter Quill sat on, like, the um, in the captain's seat of the Milan wearing an I Heart Hawkeye t-shirt. So, Did he? Know, just, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Just saying. <laughs> Did he do that, or was that you just doodling on the issue of the comic you had? And no, you just, it's actually... <laughs> It's actually it's actually a panel. He's like eating a sandwich or something, but he's actually wearing an iHot Hawkeye t-shirt. Oh, that's adorable. Give me Chris Pratt and Jeremy Renner in a scene together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I like anyway. as well that we uh, we get Officer Mahoney again in this this scene because yeah. I like mm. that he pops up all the way through the the show as the yeah, like sort of one seemingly decent cop after you know like Matt the only one, one killed. Well, Matt got the other one killed, didn't he? You know, the one yeah. that he tied up. Um, in, the uh, one that had only fresh out of the academy. Yeah, poor guy. And I like um, the scene that we get this, like, this thing I like seeing in the comics as well. It's just uh, it's just that shot of, like, Matt with the sunglasses on. You don't know yeah. what's going on behind those sunglasses. And his face is just completely, like, just stone cold. And, mm. uh, you know, and you're just wondering if he's, like, feeling or if he's... You know, I don't know. It, it's just an interesting look. And then you see the cane being gripped. You know, like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's Matt, a lot of shots yeah. in this um, this episode that are like that, with him just kind of sitting. Yeah. Like you said, you don't know what's going on behind the glasses, because it really is like him thinking this whole thing through, you know, as what he's mm. got to do and wrestling with this decision. Um, and, I mean, there's one, I can't remember what scene it is, but it's where he's sitting in Nelson and Murdoch. Uh, in his office, I, th- I think it might be the previous one where they're talking, and uh, where, uh, sorry, Karen and Foggy are talking, and it looks like it's straight out of the Bendis run. Mm-hmm. Like he looks, it looks like it's. Um, it, he just looks like Matt Murdock. It's I don't know. It's just perfect. He just looks so like cold and like alien. <laughs> you know, like it's something. Some is not human. It's something different. Uh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> something you're just not able to understand, and only he knows what's going on. And it's like Karen and Foggy keep looking at him as if to say, with that look on their face, as if to say, why, you know, why aren't you upset? Yeah. And they're like, it's like away. what's wrong with you? Yeah. Like sobbing over this poor woman. Yeah. Um, Karen, do you yeah, need a minute? Yeah. So there was a couple of minutes. You're being a little hysterical, Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Calm down. He's crying, but he's that. crying. He's crying on the inside, guys. He's crying yeah. on the inside. 
Maybe he'll do the Dean Winchester single man tier at some point. Don't mention that name in front of me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so then we go back to the fight uh, with Nobu, and it's revealed that it is Nobu, and this is when we get the hook in the guts, oh. and I wrote, Ah! <laughs> Ouch! Like yeah, a fish. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, that was... like so many props to the fight guys in this scene because this choreography is amazing. Yeah, I think awesome. this is up there with the the fight in episode two for me. It's just so good. Mm. Oh, it's oh, I love it. But yeah, I was like, hang on a minute. There's like three episodes, four episodes left to go. You can't kill him. Well, of course, Mephisto is going to bring him back from the dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so man, you think no. that he's going to die at the end of episode thirteen, Vicky, and, episode, well, no. and season two is going to be about Jason Statham? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, devil. Like, <laughs> I know he doesn't die now because they got series two, but it was a bit like, oh, hang on a minute, why? This is only episode nine, and he's already like in the poop. In the poop. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if I can swear. So you, you can swear if you want. Okay. Fuck. No, I won't. <laughs> but so yeah, I, was, I, was, next... I was worried for our boy <laughs> oh i'm always worried for my boy mm. oh yeah um in the next scene we're at josie's bar yay. yay and we get the title of the episode when foggy says speak of the devil and um, because fisk is on tv mm. um uh foggy karen and matt are having drinks and um and fisk's speech on tv kind of seems to make matt you know, go into action because Fisk is talking about fear of bombings, fear of cop killings, which is all the stuff that Fisk yeah. has done. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and he and Karen talk for a little bit about religion and uh, Karen's kind of like, oh, he's going to get what's coming to him, which <laughs> seems to propel Matt to, uh, into action. So, did you guys like uh, in the next scene that he has his little his little box in his in his closet? And well, I always I always his... wonder where they keep these things, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of kind of nice to see it. Like and he keeps it under his Jack Murdoch stuff, oh, <laughs> right in the fields. <laughs> yeah. That's a pain in the arse. So, if he's got to like you know get changed really quickly, he's like, oh, I've got to drag this out. I've got to get that out of there. And I'm just, just like, it's not very practical, is it? Really, it's more—it's more realistic than having a little secret, mechanically <laughs> door-opened room like in the Daredevil movie. <laughs> I was well, always like, yeah. "How? Did, like, how did he have this little secret room? Like, was it there when he bought that apartment? Like, did they go? Oh, by the way, um, yeah, an interesting feature of this apartment is it has a little secret room. Or Maybe it was did he get it built? Room. Maybe it was the existing panic room. It's a bit of a rubbish panic room if it opens when you put your hand up to it and it opens. Well, that is subtle compared to the uh, Matt's entire uh, layout in the uh, 60s uh, comics. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got like a gym and everything in there. Hasn't he got like a, sc- a room that's just full of sculptures as well? <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's got the largest Braille library in North America or something. It's like, how? How does he afford this? Yeah. That's a good point, actually. That's funny, but though, because like, it was like, episode, I'm like, oh, it's episode nine, we're finally actually going to see Matt suit up and that just, like, appear as the mask out of no out of nowhere, but nope, he just kind of gets his outfit out and then it's the next scene. <laughs> he gets his outfit out, pops off to the bathroom, gets changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, seeing as he doesn't have, like, curtains, 
does he go to the bathroom to get changed? I don't know. But I guess mm-hmm. no one can see him because he's just got that big sign outside his apartment, hasn't he? But can that? <laughs> Did you notice, Robin, that when he's standing there looking at the uh, at the box, his fingers are twitching with suppressed violence? <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm always on twitches of suppressed violence. Oh, watch. Oh. <laughs> um, and also, one last thing about the um, the the box of Jack Murdoch stuff. This is something I think that I saw on the other Murdoch papers. I think it's something Christine. Um, spotted um which i hadn't spotted the first time but one of the things in the little jack murdoch bit is a card with the braille alphabet on it and there's some blood on it and i was like oh because it, it just makes me think that it's from that scene in episode two where matt's learning his braille and jack comes up after his fight and maybe he's bled on it and i don't know it just gave me jack murdoch feels nice <laughs> right in the feels so, in the next scene, Matt is beating up lots of guys on the streets, um, throwing heroin everywhere, and he wants info on the guy who killed Elena, and he gets uh, directed to this kind of this sort of slum. There's some guys in there getting high on uh, this, this heroin with the little symbol on it, and he finds Mrs. Cardenas' bag. Mm. Oh. <laughs> One of my notes for this uh, scene is, um, this guy that he's kind of beating up has proper meth teeth, uh, unlike yeah. Jesse Pinkman in Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> Attention to detail. Yes. Well, Aaron Paul always had the nicest teeth, and I was like, no, you would have meth teeth. Yeah. You have crack hoe teeth. Yeah, exactly. And he throws him into a pile of broken bottles. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, Daredevil shows up when you're high. <laughs> Not a good time. <laughs> that was really funny. It was just like, really, I'm I'm seeing this right now. <laughs> There's Daredevil standing there. Yeah. Okay. Would it be better or worse, him turning up while you're high, dressed in that outfit, or dressed in his yellow and red outfit? Oh, the yellow and oh, red. Worse. Harder. <laughs> You'd be like, whoa. Um, so how did... Uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was wondering if uh, how, how I knew it was her purse, but maybe like... Yeah, I know he probably never held it in his hand, but maybe he knows the smell of it. Like, it smells like peppermints or whatever. Or perfume. <laughs> perfume. <laughs> smells like peppermints, peppermints. and Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It smells like old ladies, like lavender and... Jesus. <laughs> Peppermint, yeah. Um, so then we uh, he finds out that he needs to go to the warehouse uh, on Pier 81. In the next scene, he arrives at the warehouse. We've got yellow lighting again, which is a trademark for this this show. There's always yellow lighting. He sees some maps on the table, and um, and uh, then he meets Nobu. Then it all kicks off. Who looks like he jumps down a chimney. (laughs) It's like, wee! It's great. (laughs) I am the ninja Santa Claus. Fear me. (laughs) Chimney, chimney, chimney. Oh, that's why he dresses in red. Yeah. Can you imagine getting getting delivered your Christmas presents by by Nobu instead of Santa? <laughs> and your Christmas present is a hook to the guts. Well, nice. when Santa needs a hand, you know. You've been a bad but, uh, child this year. Take this. Yeah. Oh man, that I'll let you off with that pun, Robin. Thanks. Mel wouldn't, but I'll let you off. It's fine. <laughs> um. So meanwhile, while this is going on, um, oh, this this scene obviously ends with the jaw punch that Matt gets, which is where the episode started. 
Meanwhile, Foggy and Karen are getting drunk in Josie's bar and Foggy blames himself. And that made me really sad because hmm. I love Foggy. I'm not in Michael David's camp where he hates Foggy. I love Foggy. And Oh, actually, I'm going to ask you, Koji. What do you think about Eldon Henson as Foggy? Because people are very split on him as Foggy, it yeah. seems. Yeah, I've seen that. A lot of people did not like him at all. But yeah. I, think, I think as the episodes went on, he, I, I guess... Maybe because he was uh, coming right from uh, that Hunger Games movie he was in, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe he just didn't have time to pre- to prepare. It. But but when I was when I was watching, it, I'm going, this guy is Foggy Nelson. How how he yeah. would actually talk, how he would you know interact with uh, Matt, and I I loved all these scenes with him. So I had no problem with him at all. But just seeing all these other uh, you know reviewers and things just uh, just saying like this guy cannot act or whatever I, I didn't see that at all maybe just because you know just my history with the character i'm going yeah this guy's foggy i don't care how he's acting <laughs> <laughs> well you would think that someone like you would be a harsher critic than some of these people are like you can't yeah. act you know if you yeah, see Foggy Nelson, you're, that's what you're supposed to see. And yeah, and I felt that a lot of these uh, like supporting actors, uh, not even the main guys, but the you know Turk and Gladiator, mm-hmm. Melvin Potter, and you know Vanessa, and all these other characters, all these actors are really good. Yeah. They, they, they were so good in their roles. I, I didn't feel like there was anybody that I was watching the show and just going, "Oh my God, this guy or this lady just." cannot act or can't do anything i felt like all of them really got their roles you know well i, I don't know yeah. but yeah, i guess a sign of an amazing script as well yeah mm. but i didn't have any problem with foggy or eldon helson henson and i thought he did really well and then even i guess we're getting to that point now at the end of this episode just that whole scene i guess we're going to talk about it now after this but i felt that he portrayed that really well and and i see people just say oh this guy's always crying all the time and whining and just whatever as well, yeah. i thought he did i thought he did pretty well he's a oh. he's a sensitive guy like <laughs> like i'd probably be crying if i caused an old lady's death <laughs> but i'd also feel like you know probably passionate uh, that i'm going to help take down this this crime lord but uh, you know you feel for him it's like he's he he really wants to do good but you know as he's drinking and and his emotions are really getting the better of him he's just like what the hell am i doing how who am i to think that i would be able to help take down this guy this guy's unbeatable and i just got an old lady killed i mean that would that would make anybody cry i'm sorry i think as well like the difference between matt and foggy like i was saying earlier like usually matt keeps everything under the surface you know he's he's a total iceberg it's like you only see 10 percent of what's going on whereas foggy completely wears his heart on his sleeve like he's unable to hide how he's feeling at any point and i think i think that's part of as well as to why him and matt are friends i think maybe that's why matt likes him as a friend because yeah. he's you know but i i just i think he plays it really well like that and um and i've i've said before i've kind of wanted eldon to play this role like he's been my fan pick to play foggy for like even before the movie came out i was like if they ever do you know where they're slightly younger i'd love for him to play foggy and i i love him as foggy i think he's great so i think hollywood has tapped my phones yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't have Jason Statham in. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in which case, Katie Sackhoff for Captain Marvel. Just yeah. Listening. Oh, Natalie Dormer. 
No. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lassie Dawn has already been there. Oh, Charlie's there on. We like this rumour. Yes. Oh, yes. We do like this rumour. Yes. Yes. That would be great. But uh, it should so, be. It's basically Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. yeah. I, I want Starbuck as Captain Marvel. It'd be great. Yes. Um, so in the next scene, the fight is going on. Matt's being dragged around. Um, and in the end, we get one of the best things I've ever seen on screen, which is a flaming ninja that is still fighting <laughs> i mean but it doesn't actually ever doesn't actually get much better than that really does it i what i would say to peter shinkoda i'd be like can you say now that you know you don't need to play any other roles ever because you have played a flaming ninja like that is the best thing ever <laughs> like yeah you could you can retire now yeah. You've just, you know, you've topped it now. That's, like, yeah. Yep. Job done. Surely there are better roles, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he keeps fighting after he's on fire. And yeah. I love that in the next scene, he's still on fire in the background. Just, just like there. in the that's, that's what I loved about it. He was just like, you know, what, what, all the talking and stuff was going on. There's just a, a ninja on fire in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surprised then, like, how quickly. Fisk is like, just let him burn. Yeah. I'm surprised how quickly he gave up. I mean, I don't know. If I was on fire, I'd probably be, like, flailing around like crazy, not just, like, laying there and burning. I mean, it seemed like the fire, like, killed him really quick. Maybe he just thought, ugh, I'm just going to... Or maybe perhaps crash through the window and fall into the river, and then we can get uh, (laughs) Nobu back. Because I think this character is so mysterious, and now it's like, what, we're not going to know anything about him now? Like, Yeah, it was a bit bit gutted that he went out yeah. on this episode actually because i would have liked to have known a bit more were you as gutted as matt murdoch is in this scene <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> if murdoch yeah, isn't laying on night nurse's couch for the next three episodes <laughs> i'm gonna call bs because he really gets ruined in this episode like properly yeah yeah. So did you guys, like, do a cheer of joy when he beat Nobu? And you're like, yeah! And then go, oh, no, when Fisk enters, because that, <laughs> that is the last like... thing you want to see. Nope. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, oh, really, dude? <laughs> and I like that in this, this episode as well, It like, one of the things I never liked in the Daredevil movie and we've we've discussed the dead of only only one thing. Only well, one I thing know you like. gave it. A, you gave it a two out of ten, so I know you hate it. But one of the things that doesn't make sense is that he takes on Electra, then Bullseye, then Kingpin, and beats all three of them. He takes them all on in the same night, yeah, and it's yeah. like it, it really it really makes them less intimidating as an opponent, <laughs> you know, in individually each of them. But the fact here is that like he almost you know, is killed just defeating Nobu because that's how powerful Nobu is. And he can't defeat Fisk in this scene because Fisk is too powerful, which is how it makes sense, which is why I love the way they do fights in this series is that people bleed and they get hurt and they get out of breath. I love it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love the movie, you know, unabashedly. But, I know you do. And, I'm, and, I'm, <laughs> and I was kind of sad he didn't beat Kingpin and then go take down the Red Skull after this scene, so... <laughs> And then go fight Thanos. <laughs> yeah, why did he take out Thanos? I'll take you all, only you bastards. He just calls everyone out. He's like, you, Galactus, you, Thanos, Mephisto, I'm a, you. I'm, yeah. a, I'm on a roll. Come get it. Get over here. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. 
Um, what did you think of their fight? Because like <laughs> there was a fight. Vincent, like Vincent D'Onofrio, <laughs> oh, yeah, there wasn't really a fight. What did you think of Vincent uh, Vincent D'Onofrio like smashing Charlie Cox up with his oh. fist? Because it's like Team Fisk. <laughs> what a pussy! Like, why would Fisk? Like Fisk? Like you're you, just I don't know. I guess he just wanted to get some licks in before they before Wesley uh, shot him. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just kind of like oh. You're a big tough guy. You just beat up this guy who's like ruined already. Like barely made it through a fight. Well, he's yeah. you know he's he was he's finally got his hands on him, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So I would kick the shit out of him. Yeah. If I was Fisk, Team Fisk, because you're on Team Fisk. <laughs> I am. What did you <laughs> like when when he's when there's that close up of his face of Fisk's face you like I think we mentioned this in last week's episode as well you can really see that little boy in him yeah because mm. it's this real childish glee do you know what I mean at, at, at beating up this this person yeah. like but it's oh, but it's like it's a so face good. that you know m- the rest of the time he's really kind of conflicted I feel mm. like Fisk is kind of conflicted about the amount of violence that mm-hmm. he himself uses, but when he actually gets to do that, it's like something inside him takes over, and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna like mash your head in with my bare hands." Keep punching him! Keep punching yeah. him! Keep punching! Keep, keep kicking, kicking him! him. <laughs> keep kicking! Keep kicking! So I uh, just, I just, Donofrio uh, is just, I, oh, uh, I just, yeah. yeah he's awesome. It's so it's so rare that you get a villain these days that is so perfectly written, but just has they just picked the person like the perfect person to play Mm -hmm. him, and I think that's why I love Fisk so much in this because he just nails it. Just particularly like Marvel villains, it. like the Marvel yeah. villains. I mean, a lot of people have spoken about it. I I enjoy generally all the Marvel films, but one of the things that the Marvel films suffer, like, have a weakness for, is the villains. Is like yeah, the only real developed villain is Loki. The rest are kind of a bit like, wow, I'm evil. Um, yeah, and and I, was, I was talking to someone earlier today about like mm-hmm. for me the last really amazing like sort of comic book villain was ledger's joker there just hasn't been one as perfectly matched to the part and so perfectly written since him like Mm -hmm. just just nailed it i just yeah i I should probably be concerned that i'm team fisk (laughs) well we were just talking about with daredevil how that how he didn't just beat up nobu beat up uh fisk and then go after thanos and take him down like the same thing (laughs) happens with the with uh, Fisk in this series, like there's been some complaints I know um, that we've had that you know maybe Fisk isn't like being the perfect uh, mm-hmm. villain. Uh, he's he's worried about things. He's you know he's, he's scared of uh, Madame Gao, and who wouldn't be scared of Madame Gao? Uh, but um, yeah. and you know and so again, it's like this whole this whole season is just building up both Daredevil and and uh, the Kingpin. But I, I like yeah. that he's worried about stuff. Yeah. Because I like my like my superheroes, but I like my villains to be like slightly flawed. They're too boring if they don't have even a sliver of humanity yeah. in them, mm-hmm. I think. Because otherwise you don't get like the, the two sides of them warring with each other, which just makes them a more complex and more interesting character i think so i like that i like that you know on one hand he's in love with this beautiful woman and is worried about her and then the the tiny little asian lady with a stick 
that's probably secretly a ninja. Um, but on the other <laughs> hand, you know, he smashes, he, he decapitates people with car doors. I love that. Just, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Team was, like I said, I mentioned Fisk. before as well, <laughs> we've got like such a great villain in this with, with Vincent D'Onofrio's Fisk. I cannot wait to see what David Tennant does with Kilgrave in AKA Jessica Jones. Mm. Like I'm just dancing up and down with joy at the thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I want like Daredevil to swing in and throw a blanket over him and defeat him. Sorry, a chemically treated sheet. <laughs> we never did find someone with a chemically treated sheet at the con no. the other oh, week. Vicky, Vicky and I, for, I don't know if you saw the photos on Facebook, Vicky and I dressed as Jessica Jones and um, Kilgrave at the Comic-Con um, a couple of weeks ago. And um, we really wanted to find a Daredevil cosplayer to throw a sheet over Vicky. <laughs> oh, that would have been funny. Oh, but we didn't. But it was fun. Maybe but all day I was, I was your slave, wasn't I? I you had... were. And I was yeah. just, I just spent all day really creeping people out. It was yeah. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he has to live up to, David Tennant has a lot to live up to because he's got to live he up really... to his work. <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to rethink this whole thing. That cosplay I just saw online. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so in the last scene, well, obviously Matt escapes by jumping out and doing a, a bond like the start of Skyfall in the water. Oh, and nice. uh, in the last scene, yeah, you expect Adele to start singing. This, this is the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the last scene, Foggy goes to Matt's apartment. But just talk to me about this, guys, when you watched it. I think you already knew, Vicky, that this was when that he found out about Matt, didn't you? I think because I spoke yeah, to Yeah, it was kind like, of like, yeah. yeah. Um, I was sort of, as, as he was kind of creeping, when he went like up to the roof entrance and came down, I was like, oh, no, no, oh, God, this is going to break my heart. <laughs> yeah, I was, pff, yeah, not looking forward to this bit at all, really. What did you guys think, Robin and Koji? Well, a lot of it just reminded me of how it happened in the comics. The same kind of thing. Foggy just finds him there, just bleeding in the in the apartment. So I, uh, that's the way I think when I'm watching the shows. It's like, hey, this is just <laughs> like the comics. So that was really all I was really thinking at that point. I'm just going, how are they going to deal with this in the next episode? So I was really looking forward to that. Just and, and I was hoping that more people didn't just start learning that he's Daredevil. I wanted yeah. to keep keep the secret identity like better than how it is in the comic, where basically <laughs> every single person knows who he is. And yeah, I'm just curious to see how how they might introduce if uh, Karen finds out, because mm. uh, that that might take an interesting turn. Just because if they are going to go into the born again route, or maybe. Maybe it'll be somebody else who uh, who reveals that information to Kingpin whenever that happens. Mm. And also in the comics, obviously, Karen found out in you. You will know the issue numbers. I don't. Was it sixty something? Yeah, or somewhere 50, around there. It was, like 40, it was early 50, on. Some, yeah, yeah. And then Foggy didn't find out until the three hundreds, yeah, like three, years and years and years, forty-seven or something. Yeah, like that. really late on, and it just never made any sense that that Karen would find out before Foggy, you know, it's, mm. and Foggy obviously now knowing Matt's secret in the, in the comics, it makes their relationship so much more interesting in the way the comics are written. Um, so I was really excited that this happened, but I was, when I watched it, I was like, 
And then I got to watch the next one. I didn't have to wait a week. Sorry, Robin. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like that. I was immediately like, next episode, next episode. <laughs> and someone has already edited that scene on YouTube. I will say with the dramatic uh, prairie dog music. So when he lifts up the mask, it goes boom. Bam, bam. Oh, nice. And it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> if I can find it, I'll put it on the screen. <laughs> it's like, how could he not recognise his best friend's chin? I just, oh, I never understand. Yeah. I never understand that. Like with with superheroes and stuff, when they're sort of from their eyes up are covered, it's like, how would you yeah. not recognise your best friend's like lower face? I don't know just- if I'd recognise your chin, Vicky. <laughs> your chin's not yeah. that distinctive. No, no, but you you probably recognise my mouth. Yeah, I would. Wouldn't you? Yeah. That's what yeah. I don't. That's what I don't get. It's just like, and you'd be wearing really? an iHeart Hawkeye T-shirt as well. So I recognise that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. So, I mean, what, when when he started walking to the apartment, I was I was I was thinking maybe they he'd find out that Matt was Daredevil or Matt was the Mask. Um, <laughs> smoking. Smoking. <laughs> Um, but I was also concerned. I was like, maybe uh, Fisk sent somebody back to the apartment. Then I was like, wait, he doesn't know mm. Matt is mm. Daredevil yet, so that doesn't make sense. And then I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe he's going to be out of his costume, but just like collapsed <laughs> on the couch, like or covered in blood. blood and... Yeah. And well, Fisk like... could have sent someone round because he wondered why Matt was snooping around earlier at the gallery. Right. It wouldn't have to be I... linking him with with the mask. I was kind of expecting Foggy to have got gone in and, like, Claire was or, would have already been there, yeah. like, patching him up kind of thing. And then it would be like, mm. oh, awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awkward. Awkward. Yeah. But then, you know, I realized that the next episode was called Nelson versus Murdoch. And I was like, oh, shit. Let's see what happens. Oh, well, I guess I got to wait. <laughs> well, Foggy, Foggy goes and gets the stilt legs and yes. <laughs> in uh, in uh, Manhattan. It's awesome. Right, are you guys ready for some tasty, tasty Easter eggs? Mm. Finest Easter eggs. There's actually quite a lot for this episode. And and Koji will, will be able to tell me if I'm wrong about any of these or if there are ones that I missed, because nice. I probably did. Okay, so the hand were introduced in Daredevil issue 174 in 1981 by Frank Miller. Um, that has, as we sort of mentioned, it. I mean, it's pretty much confirmed that Nobu is part of the hand. They're ninjas that dress in red. Um, in the comics, they've had links in the past to Hydra, which anyone who's watched any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, films or other TV shows will know what Hydra is. Hey, well, Hydra! Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Stick is part of the Chaste, who are kind of the, the guys that keep the hand from, you know, becoming too powerful. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so hopefully we'll see more ninjas at some point. Yay! Flaming ninjas. I want flaming <laughs> ninjas. <laughs> and then Vicky will be really happy. I'll be really, really happy. Well, he could have all kinds of like ninja magic. So he could. Sort of, maybe that's why he just lay down and burnt because he was just like, eh, I'll I'll be back. I'm just gonna lie here. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna have. I'm just gonna have a sit down and go have a little rest. <laughs> I just looked up chase and it says virtuous, pure from unlawful sexual intercourse. So I'm sorry, <laughs> stick. <laughs> no frick crack for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So some people have thought that Nobu could be the character from the comics Kariji, who's yeah. kind of a super ninja. Um, super ninja. What? <laughs> Bring on the super ninja. 
<laughs> a super, he's pretty much a super ninja, isn't he, Koji? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like you had hinted mm-hmm. about that earlier, so I was going to ask you if you thought that he really was that character, and that's who I thought he was at first as well. Mm. I don't but, know because and... I know in the other episode they mentioned that he has he goes by a lot of names. In, you know, he's going by Nobu this time, so it could mm. be that Kuriji's like a previous name that he's gone by. Right, um, and maybe he's been you know resurrected or something many times. Yeah. Was that why? Was that why? Like he stayed on fire because he's like a phoenix, and he's just <laughs> burning himself out to ashes, and then he well, will rise again. Well, in the comics, the hand is very good at resurrecting people. So, oh well, there you go. So maybe, yeah. maybe they will bring him back. He's going to be resurrected from the ashes as a ninja baby, Vicky. It's like a flaming oh, ninja phoenix. <laughs> oh, God, it just gets better. <laughs> Um, what's next? So, the packets of heroin, um, have a little symbol on them. Robin, did you recognize the symbol? No, because I don't read that language. (laughs) It's not in a language, it's a symbol. It's this, well, it looks like a little question mark, Uh, but it's actually the symbol of Steel Serpent. Yeah, the Riddler. The Riddler's (laughs) going to turn up in Daredevil. I was going to say, like, Marvel DC crossover. (laughs) That would be cool. Yeah. And then the Owl and the Penguin are going to team up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the vulture and the falcon it's actually a symbol of steel serpent who is an iron fisk villain Ooh. an iron fisk i said iron fisk iron you did. <laughs> team so, fisk is getting spoilers. into your brain iron, iron fisk is when he steals tony stark's armor and flies away at the end of the season <laughs> Becomes I am iron, iron fist. fist. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's an iron fist villain. <laughs> you want me to draw that now, don't you, Vicky? Can you please? Oh my god! <laughs> I'll add it to the list. My name is Iron Fisk, and together we can make this city a better place. <laughs> uh, so, what else oh. we have? Oh, the two guys that jumped Karen in the previous episode were named Stuart. Sh- I can't speak. Stuart Schmidt, Stuart Smith, and Joseph Pike. Um, and according to the website where I found these little Easter eggs, uh, Joseph Pike is a character who showed up in a issue of Daredevil, who's kind of like a hired goon. I don't remember him. And um, they don't know what Stuart Smith is a reference to, if anything. Uh, but that Schmidt. was quite cool. Schmidt. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. They're big um, fans. Oh, oh, I don't watch that. Sorry, Dash now. Um in the gallery scene, uh, Vanessa is talking to her, her assistant and she says make sure Richmond is on the guest list. And this is a reference to Kyle Richmond, aka Nighthawk, who appeared in Daredevil issue number 62. <laughs> <laughs> um the gallery scene as well. We mentioned that the painting that Fisk bought from the gallery that he's looking at, some people online um, pointed out the fact that the painting is very wide and white, like the Kingpin traditionally appears in the comics in his white suit, whereas the painting that Vanessa shows to Matt is tall and red, like Matt appears usually in the comics. I thought that was quite cool. I don't know if it's on purpose, but it's quite cool. Oh, and, I, I, um, I just looked up uh, Stuart Schmidt. Oh, yeah? And said he's a member of the Fixers gang who witnessed the first appearance of Daredevil. Oh, oh nice. At nice. Josie's bar. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well done, Robin. You get a, a dare point. You can catch the end of the season. <laughs> One dare point for you. 
Um, Just saying, none of the other experts knew that. Yeah, I, I didn't. Neither did I until I looked it up. I can hear the smugness from here. <laughs> Smuggity smug. Smuggity smug. Uh, and also in the gallery scene, when they were filming it, and Koji, you're going to have to to do the pronunciation because I can never pronounce this guy's name correctly, as Vicky knows. Um, when they were filming the gallery scene, just off screen were two of um, two <laughs> artists who worked on Daredevil who were visiting the set that day, which is David Mack and Bill Sinkevich. Sinkevich, thank you. <laughs> I can never say his name. I'm terrible. Even though I've heard it so many times, it, I, I just can't pronounce it. But they were visiting the set that day and were just off screen in that scene. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. So now it is time Oh, wait, for- you missed one. Oh, what? Did you, did you mention Senator Cherry with an H at the Oh, end? no, I didn't. No, go for it, Robin. Go for it. Senator Cherry. I don't where I know that that name because it's spelled so weird from the comics, but yeah, I can't remember he is from where it's from. I did hear where he's from, but I can't remember. Do you do you know Koji? Yeah, I he was uh, he was the guy that Kingpin was trying to get as mayor. Oh, right. yeah, and then, you're right. And then I and then I think uh, didn't uh, Heather Heather Glenn also reveal that Matt was Daredevil to him accidentally or something? Or am I mixing them up with somebody else now? I can't remember. I haven't read. Maybe I'm mixing them up with Tarkington Brown or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's been I'm going to have a look. Since I read those. Randolph Cherry. Yeah, I be- yeah. Randolph Cherry was uh, I'm the, a look. like a political guy that Kingpin was trying to get into office. Why they spelled Cherry with an H at the end is yeah. <laughs> Cherry. 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 Uh, 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 J.J. Jameson was at a meeting as well. Uh, the Heroes to Hire. I'm just having a read. Um, yeah, I can't see anything about Heather. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe uh, I'm just getting yeah, confused later on. Uh, following the lead on a photo Ben took, Daredevil hunted for Vanessa Fisk in the sewers. Cherry won the mayor election, but in exchange for his wife's return, Kingpin made him concede. The Kingpin ordered Electra to kill Foggy in retaliation. Right. Ah, yeah. I remember him in it, I just don't remember his name. (laughs) Sorry, Senator Cherry, if you're listening. No, you're a fictional character. It's Randolph. Oh, it's Randolph? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, now it's time for quotes. I'm going to let either of our guests go first. I can't remember any. Goji, <laughs> <laughs> do you have any quotes? Uh, no, I no can't remember any. It's been That's it's been fine. over a month since I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> I bet Robin has a few, and I have a few. As well. <laughs> ben Urich, Matt Murdock, attorney at Why the Hell Bother. I have that one as well. <laughs> and from the same scene, this is a foggy one. I could say I'm Captain America, but it doesn't put wings on my head. I was like, "Yay, Captain America!" Steve. <laughs> we are small but awesome. <laughs> oh, oh, your turn. Um, I like it when um, the father says, "Another man's another man's evil does not make you good." Mm. Well, that's a good, a good one. Oh, oh no! I have one actually because oh, I think oh, that was that on. episode where he's the father's giving like a speech and he said, "Like even Lucifer was once an angel." Oh I like yeah, that. I really yeah. like that. Um, uh, and my last one here is, I find it difficult to meditate. <laughs> my mind it won't be quiet. It's a character flaw, I suppose. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Fisk. laughs> Team Fisk. Uh, 
I like this one by Nobu. Mystique, mystique, misspeak my words again, and I will have your tongue. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have, I have one more. Vanessa, perhaps you can ask him yourself. Robin, whoa! <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> now it's no. I'm scared! <laughs> it's weird to fish! <laughs> it's gonna That's be what you fair. were doing all the way through this, this show, weren't you, Vicky? <laughs> yeah. He had two entrances too in this in this one episode where you're just like, no! Yeah, both of them it was like (gasps) (gasps) Oh my god. (laughs) Right, now it is time for feedback. Robin, you have a voice mail from Moira from Doc Brown. Very excited you have the writers of this episode as your guests this week. I cannot wait to hear their thoughts. Uh, A couple of my own. Um, I really enjoyed the way um, the writers used the dialogue between Matt and the priest as a way to reveal to us Matt's innermost struggle, his turmoil at the thought of choosing to deliberately go out and harm someone, choosing to kill Fisk. Um, I, I also really enjoyed the way the priest's character is so nicely fleshed out. He has quirks and flaws. He is a fully formed human being, and that is so refreshing because very often um, priests are just uh, caricatures on TV, and this person has numerous dimensions. So that was fabulously well done. Thank you. I found it really painful to watch Matt when he decides to go after the junkie, when he's trying to find the the killers of Mrs. Cardenas, because watching him choosing to go and um, inflict harm deliberately is, like, I feel like that's taking a little piece of his soul every time he does that, and so for me that was... It made me wince a bit, you know. The other thing that made me wince was the fight scene between Nobu and <laughs> Matt. It was an amazing thing to witness. So, oh, so interesting in the choreography. Um, but every time that blade would slash Matt again and again, and he'd just keep picking himself back up, I was just, oh, I was just in pain with him, you know. Um, oh, it was agonizing. Just agonizing to sit through that. But in a good way, because, you know, by the end, I thought, oh my god, this could be the end of him. Like, they can't kill him off. I know in my head, logically, you know, this show's called Daredevil. He's not going to die here. But you start thinking it might really happen. So, yeah, that was really, really well done again. Um, And finally, the reveal at the end was uh, just, uh, I keep saying wonderful, but it was so emotional because you know in that moment that Foggy is so conflicted. He he feels betrayed. He feels angry. He feels shocked. He feels so many things. And he just cannot believe that all this time the devil of Hell's Kitchen is his supposed best friend, Matt. And um, I can't wait to find out what happens in the next episode. I just want them to pick up right where they left off because I just I just want to know what's going to happen next. So, <laughs> anyway, those are my rambling little thoughts. And again, I will be really excited to hear what the writers have to say. So, till next time, take care. Bye. Thanks, Moira. Thanks. Awesome. Matt could really do with a visit from Moira at the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's our very own night nurse. <laughs> 
and Claire and Moira will have to team up on that. Yeah. And they're doctoring. We've got an email I'll take, from... I'll take care of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any sewing to be done on his butt. I'll, I'll do that. Okay. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Marvel and listening. Maybe they'll write it. Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. <laughs> Maybe they'll write it into season two. Yay! We had anyway. an email from Heidi. Um, do you want to read this one, Vicky? It's not that long. Uh, I put it in I... Skype. Hang on. Starts with "Hey guys." Um. Okay. Hey guys, the latte scene with the priest was a little too long. I actually didn't notice the first time, just on rewatch. Matt's little smirk is cute when Karen is talking about how awesome the devil of Hell's Kitchen is. We agreed on that. Wesley finally gets called on his incorrect translations. Nice. <laughs> Vanessa, <laughs> Vanessa loves the paintings. Oh, that, <laughs> Vanessa loves the paintings that look like a four-year-old did them. Matt, be careful when hitting on the girlfriend of your nemesis. That was a really good meeting between the two. Our hero is struggling with morality in this episode. Do you kill to save thousands and lose your soul in the process? Mm. Uh, the fight with the ninja is definitely one of the more brutal things I've ever seen. It's pretty far-fetched that Matt lived through it, but it's a superhero show, so I can suspend my disbelief. I'd be interested in what portion of this episode was just the fight. It went on forever, between all the jumping ahead and back, and then finally just seeing it. Were you newbies shocked by this ending? How do you f- think Foggy will react? I can't wait to hear you talk about this one. Until next time, Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you. Well, well, newbies. We kind of discussed it a bit already. Um, I, I'm interested in seeing how it's going to change the dynamic at uh, the uh, the law office and uh, their their pursuit of uh, Wilson. I mean, how much is Foggy going to be able to be like, okay, well, you've been telling me all this time to pursue things through the law, yet you're going out in a ski mask and uh, being the piss out <laughs> of junkies. So, <laughs> um, and then, you know, if he does finally accept that, you know, his best friend's been lying to him all this time, um, like, is he going to, is he going to start saying, well, Matt, you know, we can't take this down with the law, but I know Daredevil could do something. <laughs> you know? Nudge, nudge. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> I also okay. worry that, uh, you know, Foggy is going to probably have some emotions. He's going to be pretty upset about this. And is it going <laughs> to bother the Foggy haters? Because bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, sister. Yay. <laughs> yeah, girl. We also have um, some feedback from Elizabeth on Facebook. This is quite long. I will read it. Uh, There was a lot to like in this episode. The fighting was okay, but I prefer the character interactions. I really like the scenes between Matt and Father Lantum. Is it Lantum or Latrum? I always call him Father Latrum. I need to check. Call him Father Latte. Father Father Latte, yeah. I really like the scenes between Matt and Father Latte. Talk (laughs) of religion usually makes me uncomfortable, but this was different. He didn't tell Matt what to do or not do, just worked him through his thoughts. That's what everyone needs in their lives, a sounding board to help you make your own decisions. I also found Matt's religion talk with Karen to be interesting. He was officially describing himself as Catholic without the lapsed caveat most of us use. Yet, despite 12 years of Catholic school, I'm well and truly lapsed. My uncle is a priest, though, and Father Father Latte reminded me of him a bit. I have had some interesting discussions with him that made me think, but he didn't dictate what, what those thoughts should be or try to talk me into going back to Mass. 
He said once that everyone is on a different spiritual journey and who is to say which is the better path. I appreciated that. I also wondered whether Karen's parents being religious would feed into her mysterious backstory. Ooh. Ooh. I enjoyed Matt putting on the charm in the scene with Vanessa. The fact that the painting she steered him to was red was a wink to the fans waiting for his costume, as opposed to the white one she sold Fisk. Oh, cool. Interesting that Fisk isn't at all jealous of Vanessa talking to Matt. He is much more secure than his initial interaction with Vanessa would suggest. Does he dismiss Matt as a threat because he's blind, or does he trust Vanessa? By the way, wasn't it interesting that Matt purposefully missed Ben's handshake? Was it to ensure he doesn't connect Matt with the man in the mask? It made me wonder, why did he ignore the real estate lady's handshake in the first episode? Just part of his cover, like when he didn't react to Karen's nod, or was he trying to make her uncomfortable? The end with Foggy is great, although I would have been very upset if I had to wait a week before seeing how the cliffhanger was resolved. Sorry, guys. Next week is my favourite episode, episode 10. Don't worry, no spoilers. But if you need an emergency guest, I'd be happy to volunteer. Only half kidding, but I look forward to next week's review. (laughs) Thanks, Elizabeth. We're not sure if you want a guest or not, but... (laughs) (laughs) Was it a joke? So I I thought he just missed Ben's handshake because that's kind of what he does, you know, as part of the cover. Yeah. And also he did speak to Ben. It would it would be weird if he just put out his hand and shook Ben's hand, yeah. you know, <laughs> without knowing where it would be, you know. But uh, again, this this makes me think of the whole. Um, I mean, Foggy. Another consistent consistent thing that Foggy's been doing is the mm-hmm. whole like she, he's holding out his hand, or he just shrugged, or you know, explaining mm-hmm. things to Matt. And uh, how much is he going to be doing that from here on out? Like, oh, yeah, he's, he's shrugging, like, but you probably know that, right? Because of, I don't <laughs> know, the air moved or some crap. <laughs> <laughs> right, Matt. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and we also have some haikus. Yay! Yay! From Matt A. Who wants to read a haiku? Koji, do you want to read a haiku? <laughs> oh, gosh. You don't, you don't have to if you don't want to. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, and, and it's in Spanish, too? Oh, boy. You can read the second one if you want. We've got two. <laughs> Here you go. There's the second one as well. So you can read whichever one you want. Okay. I'll, I'll stick with the second one, because I'll probably butcher <laughs> the Spanish. Okay. Okay, so... Nobu ought beware. The masked hero falls from grace. Murdoch brings hellfire. Yeah. <laughs> Saying Murdoch brings hellfire just makes me think of that song in um, Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame where, because isn't that called Hellfire, where Frollo's getting all randy and singing at the fireplace? Isn't that that scene? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? No. No. I used to work for Disney. I'm a Disney nerd, all right? Robin, do you want to read the other one? Yeah, sure, but these aren't funny, and they're not making me laugh. So, Matt, you need to get Aww. to work on these. I mean, haiku is really easy to write. It's it's a little harder to make them funny. But here we go. Foggy are you, back- are, you being, are you doing a Jason Statham, Robin, and saying anyone can do it? Uh, anyone can write, <laughs> anyone can write haiku. Can you, can you write haiku where you jump in, in the air and throw both your feet into someone's face? No. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> now is. I want Jason Statham to do a book of haikus that he wrote while <laughs> jumping at the end. All right, I'll do it. I'll 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 do this haiku in in, in as uh, as Jason Statham. Here we go. Oh no! Foggy back channels. Don't they start, Senor Matt? 
<laughs> unravels the thread and then throws both your feet in their face while jumping in the air. I'll help you out. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> slash Jason Statham. <laughs> oh, oh, man. You might have said that I transported that to a different level. Oh, look, look, Robin. No one is, is not expendable on this podcast, okay? <laughs> Oh, it's like sorry, all my Mel, Christmases come at once. I read all seven <laughs> sim- syllables furiously. Oh. <laughs> Mel, if Mel was here, she'd be crying right now. <laughs> she would have turned into, into just an egg. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, now it's time to score the episode. Um, Robin, you can go first. Oh, well, okay. Um, this episode's awesome. Come on. And uh, I don't care. Uh, I'm giving it a 10. Uh, 10... I don't know. Uh, Hebrew for adversary. <laughs> oh, 10. Add 10. <laughs> um, Vicky, you can go next. I am going to give this episode eight flaming Santa ninjas out of 10. <laughs> 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 okay. Um, uh, Koji, you can go next. Oh, so I guess I have to base this on everything up to this episode, right? Uh, yeah, or just this episode. Yeah, a comparison to, or it, you can you can rate it in terms of how it compares to future episodes as well, if you like. Because I know, for instance, there's another episode coming up that I like more than this one. So you can think like that if you want. Yeah, because uh, I did like the stick episode, which is mm-hmm. before this one, right? So, yeah, uh, I've it's been a while, and uh, <laughs> I did like uh, the first one. So yeah, like eight or nine. Yeah, uh, eight point five. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> eight point five. Um, I think I'm going to give it eight point five as well because I really like this episode. There are ones that I like more. Um, I I did really enjoy it though, so I'll give it eight point five out of ten. Vanessa and Matt's flirtations. <laughs> hey, folks! This is Robin uh, uh, calling in from the future. Um, Matt and Mel sent in their feedback, and uh, we're going to play that and get right back to the episode afterwards. So here's Matt and Mel. What did you think of this episode of Daredevil? Oh, wait, I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> it was only a few hours ago. I know. <laughs> uh, what ha- okay, what happened? Let's go... Uh, ninja fight. A ninja fight happened. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to die. Well, you know, obviously he's... By dead. all rights, he should have died. By all rights. <laughs> that guy I was w- just lucky there was barrels of random gasoline there. It, yeah, Nobu was better than him. Yeah. I can't tell if... It was just... It was an accident. Nobu died accidentally. Yeah, I can't tell if he did it. As an accident or on purpose? I thought maybe he was just trying to knock the lights out so he'd have an advantage, but... They were yeah. just talking about... He should have... He, he w- was just talking to his priest about murdering people. I guess he decided it's okay. <laughs> you think? I don't know. You think he did it on purpose? Well, he w- he would have known with his senses that Nobu was soaked in gasoline and there was a, la- a light above him that would spark and ignite. Yeah, but Nobu did it to himself, didn't he? No, he didn't. He threw something... No. Yeah. yeah, he did it. Matt threw, Matt threw something at the at the light, or he or something was thrown at him, and he deflected it at the light. It could have been an accident. I don't know. Um, Quote unquote. <laughs> it was an accident, officer. Mm. Um, there was a revenge story in this for 
for the older lady who I can't remember her name. So that was good. I, I want to call her El Fuerte now because you've been playing Street Fighter, but I know that's not it. <laughs> oh, you racist. I know. <laughs> what was her name again? Elena. Elena. Who's also a Street Fighter character. Um, oh, that's why. See, that's why. I'm not racist. Um, so yeah, I liked the... I liked the uh, revenge plot. I liked the ninja fight. You don't see ninjas anymore. That was like a straight-up ninja. You don't see that. Like It was all the rage in the 80s. Ninja in red pajamas. Yeah, it was all the rage in the 80s. Ninjas in red pajamas? I know. I missed it. You miss, you miss your ninjas in red pajamas. I do. Um, I kind of like the scenes with the priest and Matt. I thought that was kind of... I like the priest. He's kind of hilarious. Mm. Except, why would you be like sitting in the church alone staring at Jesus? I don't know. He likes some me time with Jesus, he uh, said. It's just weird. <laughs> uh, Matt got to meet Wilson Fisk. That was awkward. It was, <laughs> it was interesting, though. Mm-hmm. But awkward. Mm. Uh, I'm gonna leave without... Uh, I gotta think about the price that you never told me. It, it was a <laughs> metaphor. He's gotta think, rethink about the price. I forgot, and then the cliffhanger made me want to watch uh, the next episode right away. Oh, right. Yeah. That's the first time that's happened for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what's gonna happen? <laughs> uh, I didn't think of a rating, though. I liked it a lot. It's probably one of my favorites so far. I'm gonna give it 9 out of 10 red pajamas. 9 out of 10 recognizable chins. <laughs> okay. Bye. Excelsior! Sweet. Good score. Um, now it's time to pimp our guests. <laughs> Watch this guest right here. Ah, pimp your this guests. little piece of meat. <laughs> do, we, do we even need to pimp Vicky at this point? I mean, everyone uh, knows who Vicky is. I, I have changed uh, the last oh, yeah, part of my tumblr url so i am no now no longer fish custard and the cummer beast i am fish custard and clint barton <laughs> yay <laughs> yay and um have you been up to anything else sort of recently that you want to pimp um like really. no i've been a bit slack actually on my reviews so yeah just because you've been busy it. watching rupaul's <laughs> drag race oh, yeah i have <laughs> I've done all six series in like three weeks. Wow. <laughs> I know. I love my drag queens. Um but yeah, if you go check out geeksyndicate.co.uk, um I write comic book reviews over there. Um and I'm getting back into the saddle for that because I've been slacking. Slacker. And I'm also on Twitter as well, uh Fanny Von Fabulous. Awesome. Yes. Cool. Um Koji, feel free to pimp yourself. <laughs> don't be modest <laughs> where can people find you online if, if you want people to find you <laughs> <laughs> you might not want people to find you well you've already mentioned the website uh, I'm also on twitter as well a man without fear uh, I, I don't really use the other uh, you know, facebook and all those things uh, as much as I should uh, basically I just don't have time really uh, but uh, mainly the website, the forum over there, the Twitter, I'm always trying to find whatever news with the movies, or movies, the shows, the comics, whatever. I, 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 I'm actually very nervous about what's going to happen in the comics. Me There's too. All these changes that are coming, especially with the uh, that new costume and 
everything else they've been revealing. So that that's mm-hmm. going to be an interesting time. Mm-hmm. That's the last I issue I read, you. too, the whole, when he walks into the courtroom with that. Oh, no, this, there's another costume now, Robin. Oh, no. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of, <laughs> like, the new one is sort of black with, like, red boots and red gloves, isn't it, pretty much? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. so it's like a mixture of that Shadowland story that you don't really yeah. read and, uh, <laughs> and the Netflix show. <laughs> what, I was going to ask you, actually, what do you think of the current costume? Because... I know Vicky loves it, don't you, Vicky? The pimp, booty, the pimp booty, suit booty, costume. Booty, 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 booty. <laughs> um, I, I loathe it. Um, I what like do you it. Think of it. What do you think of it? Uh, I'm still trying to see where they're going with it. Obviously, I know that it's not a permanent thing. It, it just mm. doesn't. It's not Daredevil to me. But I, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to trust them and just tell me a good story, and then we'll see how he gets back to his costume, his real one. Yeah. And I also miss Matt's floppy hair. He's kind of like got a buzz cut now, and I don't yeah, like it. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he should have floppy hair. Um, anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Koji. Honestly, it's been so nice chatting with you after chatting with you via social media and the website for ages and ages. Um, and yeah, I'm really happy you were able to come on this week, particularly coming back early from the, from a soccer game. So thank you so much, <laughs> and thank you for stepping in very last minute. <laughs> You're welcome. It's not like I actually have a life, so I'm never doing anything <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon anyway, you know. Yeah, just chilling out, <laughs> waiting for the call from the... Yeah, just waiting. Wait, I'm waiting by the dare phone. That <laughs> <laughs> big red phone. <laughs> um, oh, um, yeah, well, I want to first say that uh, our, our co-hosts that are usually here, they're on Twin Peaks podcast, Hooplecast, which is a Deadwood podcast, and What We Make, which is a Terminator podcast. Mel is on a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> And going back years and years, there was so on Carney Cars, yeah. which is um, and me, past, I am on, which was uh, the first podcast I did. <laughs> I am on the uh, iZombie podcast. We are on the uh, penultimate episode this week. We're about to go into our season finale. Um, so we're looking forward to doing that. And I've not been doing anything different lately because, um, apart from I'm also on the Intro to X podcast where we talk about X-Files. At the moment, we are mourning Jeffrey Spender. May he rest hey, in peace. big Spender! <laughs> <laughs> uh, broke my heart. So if people want to contact this show and send us feedback, we had feedback via Twitter, Facebook, and email today. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, you can email us at defenderspod at gmail.com. You can uh, contact us, and when I say us, I mean me, on Twitter at, at defenderspod. So next week, we will be covering Nelson versus Murdoch. What do you guys think is going to happen? Not well. Robin, what do you think will happen? Because you're the only one who hasn't seen it. Oh, big bite. Yeah. <laughs> They're just going to throw it out. Foggy's, like, going to take the uh, fisk route and be like, oh, you're all beaten up. I'm going to beat you up some more. (laughs) Okay. Cool. I will not say whether that will happen, although I have said that Foggy (laughs) runs out of there crying, and the whole time is they resolve their their issues with a game of battleships. (laughs) Yeah. As you should do. And that's us done for this week. Who's going to say Excelsior? Koji, do you want to take us out with an Excelsior? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, like Stan Lee, like with all that, you know. With or all like Jason Statham. 
Oh, well, no. I don't know if I could do that voice. <laughs> <laughs> with as much right. with as much passion, Stanley passion as you like. Okay. Excelsior! Yay! Yay! See you next week, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at DefendersPod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!